Hello, I'm Casey. And I'm Emily. And you're listening to A Sprinkle of Sugar, A Dash of Murder, a true crime podcast with an element of baking. And what did you make this week, Casey? So, this week I made um, some tomato, homemade tomato soup. Um, We're doing, it's called the... uh, Vampires of Nola. Vampires of Nola. So, you know, gotta do something bloody. Gotta do something a vampire would like. Except this Uh, recipe has garlic. I didn't think about that. Oh, I know. (laughs) Instant kill. So if you are a vampire, don't add the garlic. (laughs) I'm sure it tastes fine without it. (laughs) And if you don't like vampires, if you are a vampire slayer, then load it up with garlic. Yeah. Perfect. Either way. Anyway, so besides garlic, it also has um, some chicken broth um, and... Just some whole tomatoes with some tomato paste. There's a few other ingredients mixed in there, too, just to add some flavor. There's even some sugar in there mm. um, to add some sweetness. And it just, it we had it just now. It was very good. Yeah. Um, my one piece of advice when making this <laughs> is to make sure you blend it up really good. But don't destroy your kitchen doing it, especially yeah. your new, fresh, white kitchen. <laughs> Try your best not to splatter red sauce all over the place. Speaking from experience, (laughs) it wasn't that bad. Yeah. um, But anyway, but after you do that, you know, it it tastes really good. Well, I thought so. What did you think, Emily? It was good. I ate it very quickly. Yes, you you did. I always do. And then you like, you like barely ate it. I was like... Oh, I'm like <laughs> shoveling it in my mouth. <laughs> yeah, I'm sitting here. I'm like, oh, do you taste that? A little taste of garlic. And she's like, yeah, <laughs> tastes good. <laughs> oh, good. Uh, okay, anyway. Anyway. So, Emily, would you like to start with the murder? Yes. Murders, whatever it is. We're going to do two this week because they're both a little bit short, but they're both in New Orleans, Louisiana, and both to do with, like, vampires, supposedly. Because I just can't seem to resist a good old-timey murder, (laughs) because I think they're fun. Especially one that has something to do with vampires. Yeah. It's just so interesting. Yes. Um, So this, both of these cases are based on something that is kind of, it's like, there's a fine line between legend and what really happened. So I'll kind of tell, like, both versions of events, like what went down in legend, what is possibly true. Oh, okay. So the first one is about Comte Jacques Saint-Germain. Wow, that (laughs) pronunciation. Thank you. That That was really good. East French. That was not French, but... (laughs) East French. So records show he was he was a real person, and he was born in 1710. Um, if his records are to be believed, the records that exist today, he lived in France. If you can't tell by that name, <laughs> and he was very prominent person, well respected in society and among nobility. So he's a fancy man. Fancy man. <laughs> fancy Frenchman. He lived in this big, lavish mansion and hosted these huge parties for, like, socialites. Um, there's also record. This was kind of confusing, but um, apparently there are records of a Comte Saint-Germain living during the time of Christ. So, I mean, that's a huge gap in time, but, <laughs> like, that kind of plays into... 
Um, because there are records of someone with that name living at that time, which I don't know how there could possibly be records. Like, I don't know. That kind of just baffles me a little yeah. bit. But um, that kind of plays into people's belief that he was a vampire and lived like a very long time. Oh, so, interesting. Yeah. So Saint-Germain was friends with historian and philosopher Voltaire, who was very famous. Um, and he was also very close friends and often stayed with in the palace, uh, the King of France at the time, King Louis the Fifteenth. Wow. And there was also an Italian writer, Casanova, who also said that they knew each other, and he also said he was friends with um, Catherine the Great, Empress of Russia. So, lots of connections with fancy people. Why am I feeling like you're just describing, like, vampire diaries to me? I mean, Catherine... I know. And there's Catherine in this story. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> you know, who knows? Who knows? So, Voltaire actually wrote this about him. This is an existing record of whatever. Um, Voltaire said, he is a man who knows everything and who never dies. Which is interesting. It also plays into this vampire legend. Hmm. Um, because someone like Voltaire, who is known to be incredibly intelligent, it's like, he never dies. You know. Why would, and why would he write that about someone? It's like... Yeah. You know, if I said someone that never dies, it'd be like... The town idiot that just does a dumb yeah. dumb stuff, you know, and it's like, oh, that guy never dies. Right. You know? Yeah. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, he was very popular, very charming, intelligent, rich. Um, and people actually said that he never seemed to age, that he always seemed the same for many years. Um, he was an artist. He spoke six languages and played the violin. But he was most known for his alchemy. So he knew how to grow diamonds, turn metal into gold, and he made jewels. So because he was this very famous alchemist and a scientist as well, he was rumored to be creating slash searching for the elixir of life, which possibly could have made him a vampire. Oh. Yes. So he actually trained alchemists too, including... One who would go on to work for the Queen Marie Antoinette. So, um, and that alchemist that he trained saw, he claims he saw Saint-Germain at Marie's execution in 1793, which would have been years after his recorded death, which is in 1784. So that's a common thing, too, like people claiming to see him after his recorded death. Mm -hmm. So, hmm. Um, he wrote a book on alchemy with symbols and codes, and this book still exists to this day, and people to this day have still not decoded some of the codes and symbols that he wrote. So, maybe, um, I don't know, the secret to vampirism is in those codes, who knows? Uh, he traveled all over Europe throwing parties, but guests said they never saw him eat food. He only drank a red wine all the time. <gasps> Ew, it's blood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it could only be that. Um, so in Germany, he lived in a castle as confidant to Prince Hess, I think it is. Um, and it is here where it is first written down, the first record of his suspected immortality, uh, is when he was living there. So he was at a party at the matter at the manor of Madame de Pompadour, 
Um, have you ever heard of her before? She's kind of a no. fascinating person. Okay, oh. so she was officially mistress of King Louis the Fifteenth, which was like, you know, it was a really high respected position in court at that time to be a mistress. And she was actually really good friends with the queen, and she was like single handedly responsible for like the art movement in France at that time. She was very into politics. Wait, what is and a mistress? Literally, like the side chick of the king oh but like i saw it yeah but it was a good thing to be the side chick. oh yeah it was a very respected position like it was people treated you very highly like next to the queen if you were no the appointed way mistress. yeah it wasn't a bad thing back then i that's crazy yeah and people loved her and she was madame de pompadour was very close friends with the queen at that time so, because it's just, like, this thing, like, of course the king's gonna have a mistress, Sisters. you know? Sisters! Yeah, I don't know. It's <laughs> weird to us now, but she's actually a really fascinating person. Um, I first, like, learned who she was, not in history books, but, um, because she was in an episode of Doctor Who, so it's educational. <laughs> um, Learning everything. Anyway, so at this party, um, it's 1760, Countess von Gregory approached um, Saint-Germain, and she was like, Oh, you you must be the son of Count Saint-Germain because no way you could still be this young. So she thinks he's the son of this guy. And then she realizes it's the same person. And she mm-hmm. starts telling people, like, this this is weird. And that's when the rumors that he was, like, immortal started circulating because she's like, I met him all these years ago and he's the same person. And um, he never confirmed or denied that he was the son of this count saint germain you just like kind of let whatever people said play Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and then horace walpole who was the fourth earl of oxford at the time wrote this about him an odd man who goes by the name of comte saint germain he had been here these two years and will not tell who he is or whence, but professes that he does not go by his right name. He sings, plays on the violin wonderfully, composes, is mad, and not very sensible. He is called an Italian, a Spaniard, a Pole, somebody that married a great fortune in Mexico and ran away with her jewels to Constantinople, a priest, a fiddler, a vast nobleman. The Prince of Wales has had unsatiated curiosity about him, but in vain." So people were writing about him, like, trying to figure him out. And they're like, who are you? Where do you come from? Like, it's... So even then, people were like, what's going on? And he didn't have any family or anything? It was just him living the bachelor life? Yeah. Apparently. Yeah, I mean, how would he have acquired all that stuff? I mean, I know that he was an alchemist and everything. So Mm -hmm. that's got to get you some good money, I guess. But for him to... So... How old is he when, like, a lot of this is taking place? Um, probably, like, 50 years old at this time. If, like, because it says he was born in 1710, so. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, I guess you could acquire all that stuff by then. Like, if it was, like, some guy in the tw- his 20s or 30s, then mm-hmm. I'd be like, how the heck did you get all that stuff? Yeah. But, but apparently he looked very young, you know? Yeah. So... So then, yeah, so he has a record of death that was written by a priest under King Louis XV's orders that was dated in 1784. Uh, But instantly when, like, it was released, like, he's dead, like, they showed the death records, nobody believed he was actually dead, which is, like, 
odd, but yeah. Right. When someone dies, you your initial reaction is to believe they're dead. Yeah. Um, so people thought it was um, possibly that he and King Louis XV, because they were very close, um, faked his death and that he went to New Orleans. So, um, and like, I don't know if it's normal back then or even today for a king to order a priest to write up a death record because that's what happened. I don't know if that's normal if the king like issues that or if it was like a special request, like maybe he did fake his death, you know, I don't Mm -hmm. know. But nobody saw him again in France. But flash forward... Um, a Jacques Saint-Germain started to rise in society in New Orleans, but it's 1902 now. So, Whoa. many, many years later. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, it's like over 100 years later, almost 200 years mm-hmm. maybe. Um, but people are thinking this is the same Comte Saint-Germain as who lived in France, who is now in New Orleans. Why was this guy well known? Like when you start all of a sudden going by this like other name, like why would it he people have caught on, you know? I don't know. I was wondering that too. But apparently he was like remembered and because French influence is so prominent in New Orleans, maybe because they knew French famous people, you know. Yeah. Not sure. But hmm. people seemed to recognize him and rumors started floating so uh yeah in 1902 he arrived and moved in to a house off of royal street in the french quarter and once again he's known for his knowledge charm incredible popularity and people started really saying you know he talks about things from the past in great detail And he seems to know things that happened years and years ago. So the rumors that he is a vampire start, you know, showing up pretty fast. Right. And once again, this Comte Saint-Germain threw lavish parties and people always said he never ate food. He just had that cup of wine all the time. Was he out there in the... Was he out in daylight ever? Um... I think so. I don't know. He had a ring. This is like Vampire Diaries. Yeah, Vampire Diaries. He had a sunlight <laughs> ring that a witch made him. <clears throat> oh my gosh. Because, um, you know, it's the South. It's pretty sunny there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he claimed, this time he claimed to be a descendant of Comte Saint-Germain that was in France. And he was, he was named after him. So, of course, okay. we have the same name. I'm a descendant of him. That's why we look the same. People were, like, looking at the portrait, you know, like... Yeah. You know, I think that looks similar, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and one night, he was throwing a party, and there were a lot of, like, elites of New Orleans there, and he asked this woman to come to his party. And it's not known who she is, really. They never, like, say her name or anything, mm-hmm. so I don't know if she was, like, a noble person or just, like, some random woman he invited to the party. But, um... So at some point, he asked her to step out on the balcony of his home, because they have this, you know, those fancy balconies in mm-hmm. New Orleans, and he tried to bite her neck, as vampires do, mm. <laughs> and...
And as he's trying to bite her neck, some people who are looking for him, like, where did you go? Are like knocking on his bedroom mm-hmm. door. And so he's startled by that. And she fought back because in that moment when she, um, she's like, okay, now's my chance to escape, you know. But the only way she could see of escaping was, unfortunately, off the balcony. What? So <laughs> she jumps off the balcony. And she broke bones in her feet and her legs. And she was, like, shouting for help. And police and other people in the street quickly came to help her. And they saw blood trickling down her neck. Um, They took her to the hospital. And she lived. So she's Mm -hmm. okay. But the police are like, "Uh, hey, buddy, what's what's this about? What's going on? And he was like, oh, she was drunk. She fell off the balcony. And police are kind of like, we need to bring you in for questioning, but they're not that great because they're like, well, how about you come in in the morning? Take, oh take the rest of your night. Take mm-hmm. the rest of your night. Enjoy your night. Enjoy your friends. Yeah. And lo and behold, the next morning, he doesn't show up to this questioning. <laughs> what? Oh my gosh. <laughs> and um, let's just give all criminals, you know, a night to think it over, escape. Right. Yeah. So they go back to his house, the police, and he's not there, obviously. He's Mm -hmm. disappeared. And they just go into his house, and they find clothes from all different time periods. Um, And a lot of the clothes were stained with blood. And there was no food in the house at all. And then they go downstairs and find this very large wine cellar. And it was filled with all red wine, Um, But then they inspected all of the bottles and found that it was human blood in all these bottles. Oh my gosh. Yeah. What? (laughs) So um, he was never seen again. He had just disappeared. And they were thinking, they're like, he must be a vampire. He must be. All these rumors about him. And now they've found this whole cellar of blood. Yeah. Yeah. So... That's crazy. I my mind is so blown. You know what I'm thinking like trying to just like look on the other side of things. Okay. So let's say that you know this vampire this isn't real, you know. Yeah. This guy is just sick and he's yeah. he is maybe he is a descendant of that other guy mm-hmm. that lived um France. Yes. Uh so many years ago. Whatever, and then he, like, really bought into that story, because back then they were even saying stuff. So, mm-hmm. like, he wanted to be just like him, so then he buys all these clothes, and he drinks the red, the blood, and, yeah. like, he really starts to truly believe that he's actually a vampire, when really he's just this, like, crazy dude. Yeah, like, I would believe that. But the one thing that, like, kind of catches me is, like, then where does, like, the, where's the money in the family? Like, you know, like... Yeah. And if that and that one guy that was years and years ago, if he's a descendant of him, then clearly he had family somewhere. Where'd mm-hmm. it come from? Where'd it go? Where'd it come from, Con I Joe? <laughs> I was just gonna say. That. <laughs> um, well, actually, so uh, there's a little bit more about what who he possibly could have been. Okay. Um, so Theosophist, I think is how you say that. I don't know. Um, Isabel Cooper Oakley. Um, did investigating and kind of looked into his history and she thinks um the real Jacques Saint-Germain like from the 1700s the mm-hmm. original 
uh, was most likely born in Bohemia and was the youngest son of Prince Franz Leopold Rogesi of Transylvania. Mm. Vampire again. Transylvania mm-hmm. and vampires are associated together. And he was sent to live with the last of the Medici family. I never know if it's Medici or Medici. I don't know. Sorry. Mm. Um, but he was sent to live with them because of political turmoil that was happening. And all these people, like Horace Walpole, the Earl, wrote, like, he always refused to give his real name, and they believe he refused to do that. Um, it leads historians to believe that he was protecting some royalty because he had, he had to flee his country, oh. or he's, like, trying to pretend to be someone else, you know, mm-hmm. like, kind of, like, witness protection. Because mm-hmm. um, as the son of a prince of, like, you know, he has to hide. So that's what they believe possibly could have happened to him and that he was in hiding, fleeing political strife, but was known to be royalty in secret, which is why King Louis XV was very close to him and had him stay with him and, like, knew all his secrets. Oh. So, if, and maybe that could even, like, yeah, him back to the never dying thing. Did you already say that? Yeah. No, I didn't say that. Oh, okay. Yeah, that could him back to the never dying thing, too, because... Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Yeah. That was Voltaire that said that, but still. So I think that possibly could be true. Uh, And that maybe because he was so much trying to protect his identity that he just let anybody just talk whatever they wanted about, believe whatever they wanted about him, as long as it wasn't the truth, you know? Right. Yeah. So it is a bit of, I mean, it's so hard to know what's Mm -hmm. truth and what's not um so it's like this famous legend of new orleans now even though it was he was a real person but like you know you can never tell how much like because his life was so secretive but then it never explained the 19 like what happened in the 1900s doesn't explain that either but uh well see so i think that what i just said was correct except maybe this guy that with the same name yeah yeah. Maybe he was a descendant, or maybe he was just totally bullshitting it. Like, yeah, and he yeah. just got obsessed. There's um, also any Outlander fans. It's one of my favorite shows. Um, character Com Saint-Germain makes an appearance in season two of Outlander. Uh, nothing to do with vampires. It's all, like, historical of who he was in France. Like, nothing to do with vampires in the show. But, um, yeah. You might recognize him from that. Oh, interesting. And that's all for that first case. So we're going to play a promo for a podcast called Teen Girls Investigate Crime. Hi, fellow true crime fans. Let us introduce ourselves. We are Teen Girls Investigate Crime podcast, also known as TGIC. I'm your host and editor, Izzy. And I'm your other host and social media manager, Jillian. We create and publish episodes once a week. We cover all kinds of true crime cases. Infamous to the less talked about, murders to missing persons, solved to unsolved, you are sure to fall down the rabbit hole that is true crime. Follow us on Instagram at tgic.podcast and listen to our podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Let's go. <laughs> Did you get it? Here we go. Yeah, I did. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> oh man.
right, Emily, round two. Yeah. Let's hear about the second murder. Okay. So this one is called the Vampire Brothers. <gasps> Stefan and Damon Salvatore? Yes! <laughs> got it. Oh my god, I didn't even think of that though. <laughs> Duh. Oh my gosh. Okay. So this one takes place in 1932 in New Orleans. And so, just to get right into it, so a young girl is running down Royal Street. It's always Royal Street. I mean, people say Bourbon Street is crazy, which it is, but like my favorite street is Royal Street because all the crazy stuff, Madame Lollery's mansion mm-hmm. is on that street. We'll get to her some other day. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. So she was running down the street and she was stopped by a police officer. And she said that she had just escaped this house and was tied up by two brothers, John and Wayne Carter, along with several other victims that were being held captive in the house so the brothers could drink their blood. What the heck? Yes. Also, I think it's weird that their names are John and Wayne. Like John like, Wayne Gacy? Yeah, and that also was John Wayne, the movie star. Oh. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought of John Wayne Gacy, too. I was like, ooh. Just don't, in- don't put John and Wayne together. It's yeah. just... I mean, sorry for the movie star whom yeah. I love, but yeah. Um, so she said she only was able to escape because they didn't tie her up properly. So police took her back to the house. Like, I wouldn't want to go back there, but she was what like, well, if you're with me, I guess it's okay. Like, I would have just told them. I'd be like, okay, it's the, yeah, you know, it's that one down there. Just keep running the opposite way. <laughs> yeah. So they took her back to the house. Um... And it's on the corner of Royal and St. Anne Street in the quarter. Mm-hmm. And they went in and found four people who were half dead tied to chairs in one of the rooms. And, yeah, and they were, like, very sickly. Like, obviously, they were being drained, like, over some time. And there were at least 15 other dead bodies scattered all over the house. That is terrifying. Yeah, that's so gross. They said this smell was, like, absolutely terrible. And it was just, like, everywhere. And, like, also, I mean, it's your personal home. So, like, you wouldn't expect people to just come in. But obviously they weren't having guests. And, like, they're not hiding it. They're just all over the house, you know? Yeah, and if it smells horrible when you walk in, pretty soon that smell is going to get to the street you yeah know, it's I gonna mean, come out of the house pretty soon oh yeah i mean and you're living there like i don't know what time of year this is but like if it's summer it's got to be so hot Ew. in there and you're not gonna open your windows or people are gonna smell it probably how can how can someone live in that like even yeah. if you're disgusting and you like to drink blood like then to live just in that s- nasty stench yeah. is just disgusting it's so gross I couldn't. Uh, so the Carter brothers left each morning to go work on the docks because they uh, they unloaded seafood off of boats that came in to the docks in the port, okay. whatever. And then they would come back just after dark each day. And the captives all said that they would take off these bandages that were on their wrists and reopen their wounds every day with a knife. Ew. Yeah. And then... They would hold cups under the victim's wrists and drink the blood. And they said, the victim said they never um, saw them eat anything or drink anything else. Like, they only saw them 
drink their blood. Drink the blood. Yeah. And they were basically, like, just kept there as, like, food. And they were kept there until they died from blood loss and other things, getting sick, and obviously. Ew. What kind of illnesses, like, could they have developed by drinking someone's blood like that? Their poop must have looked disgusting. Oh, no. I am so sorry. (laughs) Oh, God. Because the thing is, when people have, like, bowel bleeds, it's the most disgusts anyone that's a nurse that's listening we all know the horrible stench of a bowel bleed yeah well i don't but i said i don't like i nurses <laughs> yeah. yeah oh my gosh and their poop must have just been straight black sorry i don't know why i'm going so in depth into this it's oh, just no i wonder if all vampires blood poop must just stink I'm saying, <laughs> oh my god, it's just the worst. Um, it's the vampires worst. who are listening, let us know what your poop is like. <laughs> we need this, this. We need this for science. <laughs> oh no. Okay. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I say something weird every episode. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be. It wouldn't be you if you didn't mention something. <laughs> uh. So the Carter brothers did not notice that this girl had escaped. So the police decided to use that to their advantage, and they waited for the brothers to come back home to ambush them. And now this is where um, there are kind of two different versions of events of what happened after that, so I'll tell both. The first one that I found in research, and what... I can remember from when I took this tour, these brothers were, like, on the tour oh, so in you, New Orleans. You yeah, I know both house? of these stories because I went on, like, these haunted New Orleans tours. Which oh, so you saw the house. outside? Yes. Yeah, I okay. saw the outside of these houses. And I'll post pictures of it on the Instagram. Um, but anyway, uh, so the first version is that they were caught and they immediately confessed to everything. And that they even begged to be murdered. And I'm just saying, like... I, I know that you're probably going to tell another version or whatever, but to try to deny it. Yeah. There's, there's no denying <laughs> it. It would just be stupid. I mean, yeah. obviously you did it. Yeah. It's your house. Like, no. <laughs> um, and they told the police that they were vampires, and if they weren't executed, they would have no choice but to keep on killing and keep drinking blood. So they were like, please kill us. You know, which I don't mm. know. And S- then... It says they were tried as serial killers and executed. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, So that's the one version of events. Both of Mm -hmm. them end with them being executed. But, like, it varies with... um, The second version says that when the police... Or when the brothers got home, they didn't confess. They fought the police, knocked four of them out, and leapt off the balcony to escape. And took off running as fast as lightning, as oh. vampires do, you know. Uh-huh. Um, but they were caught the next day, and they were found guilty, and they were hanged. So, but mm. then, um, so either way, either story says they're dead. They were definitely executed, these brothers. But um, rumors started that they actually were, they weren't just, like, crazy weirdos who, mm-hmm. like, who thought they were vampires and were drinking blood, like, they were like, they're actually vampires. So they asked, people around town asked for the brothers to be exhumed so they could study yeah. their bodies. I was going to say, for science. I'm yes, say for science. <laughs> and so the coffins were raised and they were opened and they were empty. 
they were dun, gone. Dun, dun. Yeah. So people well, say, that, 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 hit. <laughs> I just got really excited. Did that actually happen? Um, or is that just what what's said? I'm not sure. Uh, it's kind of just what's said, I think. Ooh, yeah. Spooky. But there are people think the brothers never died and that they moved on to a different city. And there's the legend says that the Carter brothers return to their home annually for Mardi Gras because they like a good party. Mm. <laughs> they so, like a good party. Yeah, and then you're supposed to like decorate their house during Mardi Gras with something with like a vampire on it or whatever. So that's crazy. Yeah. That is, that's oh. so interesting too. Yeah, and then it said um I looked on multiple sources to find mm-hmm. stuff about these victims who lived, like the four that were tied up in the chairs lived. Yeah. Um and it says one of the male victims like went crazy and went on to kill 442 people dissolving their bodies in sulfuric acid what and i was like how how would i not know who that is so i like i looked everywhere for this person like i couldn't find any names i couldn't find anything on it so i think that might not that's a little bit of bs because okay 442 people like 442 people you know the most who's like the most prolific serial killer killed over like a hundred right like yeah or around a hundred is what he right yeah yes. that's what we were just talking about today yeah samuel little who died yesterday as we are recording this uh yes yeah yeah so samuel little is supposed to be the most prolific serial killer apparently that's what the all the, the articles are uh, saying yeah. i don't know of all time or in the u.s but like, yeah oh yeah. Uh, yeah probably in the u.s but anyway he only confessed to like 90 something people and then there's hh holmes that we covered mm-hmm. and we he's thought to have killed like up over 200 right yeah so and that's uh, insane we know hard. about these people and that is that's above and beyond so to just randomly like yeah and then he went on to kill 442 people right and I then know. there's no record of that like i yeah okay i don't think that's true but i mentioned it yeah because it's part of the legend of it yeah um yeah so and then i won't go into the full story of another vampire thing but i'll mention it because it's kind of cool too another vampire of new orleans okay before you do that yeah i want to go back to thinking talking about like so it makes sense that if they were vampires Mm -hmm. then when they're hung from for execution they wouldn't die from that, so then they yeah. they like whatever knock get knocked out or just whatever pretend like they're dead, and then be put and buried, and then they come back to life. But then what? Right. Then how do they get out? Or oh, or maybe they didn't have to get buried. Maybe they like escaped in between those two times, and yeah, they I just don't buried know. an empty casket. Okay. Well, anyway, I just it's interesting to see like to think about you know like. How it all happened and the turn of events that went down, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. And it's the this one, the Carter Brothers, is the 1930s. It's mm-hmm. not super, super, super long ago. So you'd think there would be more official record to look at, you know? Mm-hmm. But I guess not. Uh, but yeah. They're just like, ah, some more shit's going down in New Orleans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've got plenty of vampires here. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
So another, I'll just like briefly cover this. I won't go into the whole thing, but mm-hmm. I thought it was cool. Wow, we're on the topic of vampires in New Orleans. Um, mm-hmm. So another huge, this is like supposedly how the very first vampires came to New Orleans, um, which is the Ursuline Convent Casket Girls. Mm. So when New Orleans was just starting out, they were, it was just like founded and they wanted to pop, you know, get the city going mm-hmm. there was only like men there though like first like setting up the town and whatever colonizing it and so they were like well to build a population you need women so <laughs> they had these girls um who were from different countries and they were like prostitutes or women in jail and they were like okay this is how you're going to get out of jail. You're going to go over to New Orleans and you're going to help populate this town. You're going to get married. <laughs> and so they were sent over on a ship. And I don't, this is all from my memory. I don't have any of this written down. So this is so, okay. if I get some of the details wrong, sorry. But um, they were sent over on a ship and they had only like a little suitcase, which in French was called like a casquette or whatever, which is how like in English it sounds like casket. So that's how they got the nickname oh. casket girls. Okay. So really it was a suitcase they brought with them, but like the rumors started to, you know, shape that they actually were bringing caskets with them, that these girls slept in these caskets on the ship, <laughs> that they were vampires. Uh-huh. And they arrived in New Orleans, and during this very long journey on a ship, a lot of them got scurvy, mm. jaundice, all of that. They look very pale, ja- like gaunt and sickly. <laughs> yeah. um, so when they got off the boat, they were all like, you're vampires. Okay. Oh <laughs> you're pale and gross, you're vampires. <laughs> Not, you're ill, let's take you to a doctor. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> vampires. It's the only logical explanation. Oh my gosh. So the girls were kept in the Ursuline convent and they were they lived there until they were like assigned a man to marry, you know. Mm-hmm. Um and they were believed like all the windows were boarded up and everything and everyone was like it couldn't possibly keep like disease out or in. It was because they couldn't go out in sunlight and you know so like they were thought to be since the city was just starting they were thought to be the original vampires who brought vampirism to new orleans so wow yeah well that's also an interesting story but it's just they most likely just had scurvy (laughs) we're not they're just (laughs) ill they literally have been on a ship coming from jail yeah poor girls (laughs) Like, um, they're not well yeah. women to begin with. Can we just get them some water? I know, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, some um, vitamin they C. Need some oranges. Yeah. <laughs> stuff like that. Let's get you some citrus, ladies, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Let's calm down. And if you visit the Ursuline Convent today, uh, they still have some of the upstairs windows boarded up. And I don't know if that's for a reason or just, like, because... For the show of it? Yeah. Because they go on ghost tours there. Mm-hmm. I saw it. It was boarded up when I went. So, yeah. So, did it look kind of creepy boarded up like that? Um, Or was not it just really. kind of like... <laughs> it just looked like there was a board on some windows. Yeah. You know, it wasn't particularly creepy. It's actually okay. a really beautiful building, so... Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know. That's so funny, though. Yeah, there are a lot of vampire stories 
in New Orleans, but that's um, a couple of them for mm-hmm. you guys. Yeah, New Orleans is, I mean, you have a lot of different stories. Oh, yeah. From New Orleans. New Orleans. <laughs> There's a there's a lot of stuff happening in that city, so we'll definitely revisit this city again. Yes. So, and, oh, and by the way, everybody, I meant to preface okay. this, um, but I guess uh, it's after the fact, so it's not a preface anymore. Um, but an epilogue. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I as as I've mentioned a couple times before, I'm pregnant right now, and I am so ditzy lately. <laughs> I just, so I'm sorry if I've like said, started saying sentences and then they just stop or they don't make sense because I do that a lot lately. I'll work on it, but I don't think it's really going to change until after I have the baby. So please bear with me. Also, I say really random stuff. So, but that was before the baby. That's just that, That's just you. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Yeah. Well, Emily, I'm kind of hungry for some more soup. Oh, yeah, because you didn't finish it like I did. <laughs> I want to drink the soup. <laughs> That's really good. Who am I? I don't know. A Dracula? <laughs> a vampire? <laughs> I, <thought> it was- <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you were going for a specific vampire or just vampire I'm Wayne. I'm Wayne the vampire. <laughs> okay. That's a horrible oh, vampire God. name. That's a terrible <laughs> name. It's nothing like Comsangement. I know. That's what I was going to say. At least the first vampire like had a good name that I can't even say. This guy's Wayne. Like John and Wayne. <laughs> John and Wayne, the vampires. Oh, gosh. I'm sorry to anyone that's named Wayne, but I mean, at least you're not, like, your name's normal, if you're, but not for vampires. Yeah. Like Dracula. Yeah. Nosferatu. Stefan. David. <laughs> Klaus. <laughs> yeah, see? They're all such uh, good names. Klaus, I mean, the originals, that takes place in New Orleans, which I like that show. Is it ever, are any of the stories in that show based off of anything that, like, has happened in New Orleans, do you think? Mm, not that I can, it's all fiction. Really remember. But, yeah. Oh, well. If I mean, if there's an episode in the originals where two of the brothers named John and Wayne <laughs> yeah. are in a house. I don't remember. I don't think so. But, yeah. Hmm. So, on that one street, Royal Street in New Orleans. Oh, yeah. There's several houses that all just like stuff has gone down in them. Like yeah, At Royal Street is actually my favorite street in the quarter. I don't mm-hmm. know. I think it's really pretty. First of all, but um, there's a museum on that street that's pretty cool. And Madame Lalaurie's house is on that street, two doors down from the museum. And the museum is um the house that they used in american horror story to be madame lalaurie's because they didn't have permission to use the real lalaurie house but it's like two it's literally only two stories or two stories two houses down from that um and then yeah the vampire brothers were on this on royal street and so was the first one com saint germain's house is on royal street too like on the corner of it that's Uh, crazy yeah a lot of i mean every street in the quarter has like really historic buildings and stuff but yeah are they still lived in yeah people still live in um these houses they're still residential um madame lalaurie's house is i'm pretty sure yeah the owners don't we were told when i was on the tour we had to uh, look at the house from across the street 
because I think it was this house. If you stand in front of the house, mm-hmm. um, like if if you're an individual, it's fine. But like they, the owners like don't like tour. the group tours. Mm-hmm. They'll like pour water on you from up in their house. No way. Yeah. So we had to stand across the street so the owners wouldn't like get mad and pour water on us. Okay. Well, I mean, are they relative? Oh, not relatives, but like. Is it passed down in their family or something? Because the house you bought that house knowing what happened in it in New Orleans. It's obviously going to be on the. She's like the most infamous person in New Orleans, probably. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So I I think it's that house. It's one of of the houses that we were told we had to stand across the street. I say New Orleans. Is it, is it not that it's New Orleans? I say New Orleans, but <laughs> I say it like such a dweeb. <laughs> New Orleans. <laughs> Either way. Either way. Yeah, it's just a, it's a fun time there. It's a fun city. Mm, that's so. cool. All right, guys. We got to catch a train. <laughs> All aboard. <laughs> I like this one better. All aboard. <laughs> ding, ding. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Um. <laughs> sorry oh my god okay i'm casey and i'm emily and you just heard a sprinkle of sugar a dash of murder uh, uh.